Would you like to become a fascinating personality, break free from plateaus, and gain power over your mental resources and your full potential? You came to the right place. Welcome to a magical journey to yourself. This show is made in Germany. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or PureMindMagic.club. Welcome to Season 1, Shaping Your Reality. And here is your host, international magician, speaker, and book author, Victoria Mavis. gentlemen thanks for joining me today at pure mind magic and december 21st of the advent calendar that has no calories but only makes you smarter today is one of my absolute favorite interviews this year it is with ali boone from los angeles and she's a lifestyle entrepreneur and really an expert when it comes to passive income she really walks her talk because she knows how to create businesses that drive in money while you are traveling the world, for example. She's really good in real estate and investment and everything that has to do with it and also how to design the life of your dreams. So I promise you will take a lot of value from listening to this episode and it also has high energy that you will feel in a few moments. Before we start the interview, today I have a Christmas gift tip for you because I became an affiliate for a audio platform where you can grab with my link an audiobook completely for free and just test the whole service. Maybe you feel in the mood for a Christmas story or something relaxing now in those days to yeah just calm down a little bit. And as I said, with clicking on my link that is in the show notes, you get the audiobook of your choice completely for free and can start listening directly on your favorite device. And now we Come back to the interview with Ali Boone. Prepare and enjoy because this is really a great one. And here she is, Ali Boone. Hi, Ali. Welcome to Pure Mind Magic. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Amazing. I couldn't wait to have you on the show because I heard you on another podcast and I was so inspired and I'm really happy to share all your wisdom and inspiration with my audience today. So to jumpstart into this interview, can you give us a quick overview of who you are and what you are doing? Sure. Um, such a loaded question. Well, it all started when, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I grew up in Georgia in the States and kind of a typical Southern lifestyle, uh, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job, get a job with job security. There's your life. And so I did that. And I was always a very kind of math oriented left brain person. 
And I, my family, my dad and my brother were involved with airplanes. My dad was a pilot. So I became a pilot in college and I started flying planes and I thought that was going to be my career. And I later on realized that pilots typically don't make a lot of money starting off. I wanted to make a lot of money. So I switched out of flying, kept flying, but I switched into engineering. So I moved into aerospace engineering thinking, oh, engineering and flying have to be exactly the same thing. I'm sure of it. Um, turns out they are not even closely related. Um, but I went to school for engineering. I got a very elite um well, at least the perception, the elite job at the elite company. And so after I got my master's degree, I started into corporate life. I was working as an aerospace engineer. And what happened was the very first day, so if you picture it, I had been flying airplanes as my job through grad school. I was teaching flying. My The sky was my office. It was outdoors. It was fun. It was adventurous. And I got this corporate job. And I walked into my cubicle for the very first time. I was wearing a hideous outfit because I, I don't know how to dress myself. It was this business casual outfit that I was not comfortable in at all. And I turned the corner into my cubicle and it's just this like gray drab. Ugh. I mean, we were underground. I mean, this was like literally the polar opposite of flying airplanes in the nice blue skies. And I just, I honestly, it felt like my soul had just been sucked out through my toes. And so even before I sat down in my cubicle for the first time, my first thought was, I have got to find a way out of this. And But the problem was, I didn't know how to get out of a corporate job or a regular job. And I threw some reading and books and whatever. I kind of figured I either had to start a business or do something in real estate investing. That's kind of, those seemed to be the two things that could get people out of jobs. But I didn't really have a specific skill or service or whatever at the time. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to get out of this, but I have to get out of it. That was the only message in my head for quite a while. And about five years later, I had found my way out of it through uh, studying. I tried different things, all sorts of, I mean, it was just like this busy five years of how in the world do I get out of this job? And so I ended up starting my, actually, ironically, ended up being a real estate investing company. I didn't mean to mesh business and real estate investing, but it kind of happened that way. Um, I started my company. I started it while I still had the corporate job. I tried to hang on to that paycheck for a while and business built. And I finally left the corporate job. And I've now been an entrepreneur for the last, our, my company just hit its sixth birthday in August. So for about six and a half years or so, I've been doing my own business. I've been through the whole entrepreneur roller coaster. I'm in it now. Um, yeah. And the big thing that came out of it for me was really this idea of lifestyle design because I don't want to show up to a job on a Monday and wear clothes that I hate. I'm actually in my pajamas as we speak and it's 1 PM my time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, I had a call earlier and I was actually, I was almost late to it cause I accidentally slept in. Like I really, you know, I have the ability to work when I want, when I don't want. And I've, I really, I really geek out on this idea of being able to create this life that you want in the style that you want. Even there's certain things you have to do, of course, pay bills and all that kind of stuff, but how to do that in the way that can actually make you really happy and in a way that really supports who you are and what you want to do in life. And so here I am. 
Wow, that is so amazing what you shared here. And I have to say a couple of things. So first, it is very interesting with the pajamas. I know you mentioned that before <laughs> I hit the record button. And in my book, How Podcasting Can Change Your Life, I mentioned that there are people out there doing that. And now we have to prove that it is really a reality. And I think this is so nice when you don't need video and you're so concentrated on audio <laughs> and what you are saying and well, no one knows. So you could do it naked, right? But uh... Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm going to put a little secret out. Even when I do video interviews, if it looks like I'm dressed and I have some kind of like, chances are I probably have some kind of plaid button up shirt on. It's because it's over my pajamas. Like I'm still in pajama pants. I'm like, that's my best attempt at pretending I'm not in pajamas. <laughs> but I'm always still in pajamas. <laughs> nice. So you are also an illusionist in front of the camera. I like that. I really like that. <laughs> so, exactly. So, uh, Ali, you put a lot on the plate what you've been through there. So your career is pretty amazing. So going up to the sky and like coming down and then going up as an entrepreneur again into the sky. And now for you, the sky obviously is the limit. And I think that you maybe were infected with uh, freedom already because this is yeah. what we connect flying to. Like you have the freedom to go wherever you want. And I mean, you have your pilot's license and you still can go wherever you want. And I think mm -hmm. when you approach the entrepreneurial lifestyle correctly, you, you can do the same because you do business on your terms. So you decide when you do something, where you do it, yeah. with whom you do it and what you actually do there. And I think, as you said, so this is the biggest freedom to wear what you want and yeah, connect with people where you want. And also yeah. the creation pro process you mentioned. And I compare it with magic shows because, you know, a magic show is a pure creative creation in the end. So you merge technical things and creative art there in one piece. And it's also about our lives that I try to teach people that they create the lives themselves. So what they yeah. do, it's like a magic show. So you put everything together, all the props and everything you need, custom costumes and whatever. And then you have this nice piece. But why would you say, Ali, where is the biggest problem that people aren't able to really create the life they desire. Well, I think I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I don't even remember why, but I think the most challenging thing that I think that I'm very fortunate, a lot of this, you know, I say, I, I was, you mentioned the freedom thing and I love your description of entrepreneurship is not only not easier than working for someone else, it's oftentimes much harder, but the difference is you get to do all those things you mentioned. Like I get to pick who I work with. I get to pick what I do. I get to pick how I do it. And it's that freedom. That's really the big difference. And I think that even as a little kid, I craved freedom. I hated when anyone told me what to do. I've always been like that. I always joke. I drive a manual stick shift car. I always joke that I'm so much about freedom. I don't even want my transmission telling me when to shift. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, but you know, and I don't, and I very much acknowledge that a lot of people may not have that same drive. So I've been fortunate that I have that 
in me. It's very frustrating sometimes, but it's also the reason that I've done this because it's like I didn't have a choice. And so in a way it's frustrating because I haven't had a choice and I was kind of forced into doing all this hard stuff in order to appease it. But on the other hand, it's also forced me into sticking with it and sticking through the challenges. And the, um, what was the word you, I was going somewhere with that. You just asked about a particular word. Um, the life creation, you mean? Oh, why people oftentimes don't do it. So yeah. with yeah. all of that said, I think one thing that I've really watched myself have to do in order to make this happen, and I mean, it has been non-negotiable on, for my experience at least, is to take the leap of faith. And I think that can be so hard for people and rightfully so, especially if you have like a family and your leap of faith is leaving your corporate job and leaving your steady paycheck. That's scary. I totally get it. And the reason I was thinking about this yesterday is I actually, I love where I live right now, but there's some things about it that aren't quite working. I'm having a hard time working from it. And I went and looked at this new place yesterday and it's literally double the cost of what I pay now. And I was like, you know, if I really think hard about this, this is terrifying. Like why in the world would I take on double my payment, whatever. But it's really, I have, I know that I have to do it and I have to take that leave of faith. I have no guarantees that I can even afford it, but I have to do it. Like I know that. And there's been so many times in my entrepreneur journey that I literally have had no choice but to take the leap of faith and hope to God it works out. So the first one, obviously, being leaving my corporate job. I had a great paycheck. I had everything steady. And I left that job just like, well, I guess I got to do it. Like I tried to plan ahead of time as best as I could. But ultimately, for the whole first year I had my company, I didn't even know how I was going to pay rent every month. And so, but I knew that I had to do it. And then along the lines, you know, marketing attempts, paying money to get the business going. I'm doing some new stuff now where I'm spending a lot of money for it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I have to take the leap of faith because looking back on the journey, those leaps of faith are the only reason that I kept going. And so I would venture to guess that because I know how terrifying those are, that those are what stop people. Because it's like, well, you know, if I can't eat tomorrow, that's kind of a problem. And especially if I have a family to feed, I, I can't really risk that. And I totally get that. And I hear that. But I that's why I, yeah, I, if I were to guess, that's my hunch is that's what stops people. Because there are so many leaps of faith required in this kind of journey. Mm, amazing what you're saying and that is so true and before Ali you already mentioned also the roller coaster ride that you're taking as an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. it's so true because you have all these ups and downs and you never know and it's a dangerous so but also it has this touch of freedom because when you think of it to go to a theme park and ride the roller coaster ride you feel free mm -hmm. when you ride it so during totally. the ride so what are your best tips to survive the entrepreneurial roller coaster the thing that made the biggest difference for me and it's actually helping me uh now is 
I really think the only reason that I survived the roller coaster, and you say ups and downs, I'm picturing loops backwards. Like <laughs> half the time, I didn't even know if I was strapped in anymore. I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, the only the one thing that got me through every single up, down, loop, sideways, backwards, you name it, is having a mentor who had already done it, and. It was a lot of times like, so if I, it oftentimes would feel like I'm standing at the edge of the cliff, like I'm ready to jump or someone's about to push me off or things are just collapsing all around me. And I would reach out to him and I would go into freak out mode and be like, ah, you know, like this. And because he had been there, it's one thing to have a mentor who can help you through the actual business, um, like decisions and logistics and all that. I have someone I'm working with, a mentor, a coach now who's helping me with that stuff. But this other mentor who helped me initially, because he had been through that journey himself, he understood the emotions behind it. Because quite often, it's not even so much the business logistics, it's we start freaking out. It's like our sanity is on the line and I'm freaking out thinking nothing's working and everything's going to hell and I'm about to jump off the cliff or get pushed off the cliff and I don't know how to reel it in and bah, you know, our, our brains go crazy. And because he had been there before, he knew what that felt like. And, you know, I could tell any of my friends or family and say, oh, I'm so stressed about this thing, but they weren't able to speak from that same place because they hadn't been there. And every single time I talked to my mentor, I was able to back myself up off the cliff and I was able to get away from the edge of the cliff, take a couple deep breaths and come up with a plan of action because, you know, I, I work with clients all the time who are buying real estate. And so often when they're freaking out, it's just the emotions are taking over when there's a very non-emotional logistical solution to the problem. But because the emotions and the fear have kicked in, it becomes this big clouded disaster thing Um, so hands down, I, I don't even know of a backup answer to that hands down. It's having a support system and having someone who's been there before, because those people can validate where you are. They can give you hints on how they got through it. They can support you and they can say, okay, let's take a step back and think this through. And had I not had that person for the first at least five years of my business, I I wouldn't have made it at all. I would have either been checked into a mental hospital or <laughs> or I I would probably sooner think I'd get checked into a mental hospital than go back to a nine to five job. But you know, who knows? Yeah, I so agree with you. And you know, this podcast is called Pure Mind Magic. And it's exactly because a lot of those things and especially fears are happening just in our mind. And then we have this worst case scenario and all the emotions kick in and we make it even worse in our minds. I only. And so coming back to the roller coaster once more, Ali, because there is this research saying that while you're waiting in line to ride the roller coaster, you have more adrenaline because you don't know what's happening. And this makes you more attractive to Mm -hmm. a potential partner. And I would also picture this phase while you are waiting to ride the roller coaster, like the transition phase from being in a nine to five job to really become an entrepreneur. So what would you say, how is it best to cope with this situation being or living between the two worlds? 
Well, I think I think something that's so important, and I've heard other versions of this, uh, not other versions of this, but con, um, contradicting ideas to this. But as far as business goes, in my mind, I I think it's so important, you know, because there's such high statistics of businesses fail all the time. So the question I've always asked is, why do those fail and very few make it? And looking back on my experience, I always say, like, I had 173 business ideas before I actually succeeded as an entrepreneur. And so I look at what made me succeed with that one business idea, whereas the other 173 of them didn't work. And what really came of looking at that for me is following something that is natural for you. You know, they say people um, should do what they love and the money will follow. I don't necessarily think that's always true because I think some things should stay hobbies. But like if I were looking to start a business, I would wonder what am I already doing that has traction or maybe that I'm even getting paid for. Maybe I've accidentally become the life coach for my friends and they're always calling me looking for coaching advice. Oh, wait a minute maybe I can monetize that. And so it's like, what am I already doing? Because what that can tell you is what might be natural for you? What might have this natural organic flow for you that you can make a business out of? And I think that exploration while you're busy doing your corporate job or whatever, and getting that paycheck, you know, do as much as you can while you're getting a paycheck otherwise. Because I think if you start from ground zero and you just dive off, you know, it can be a while before you find a paycheck. And you're also going to be under a particular amount of pressure to rush things. And I think during the exploration phase, rushing things doesn't necessarily work because you've got to allow the time for that thing that's going to be successful for you to become clear or at least to present itself or whatever. And then once you kind of, so explore, 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 don't leave all the learning for after the job, because that's going to just be terrible. Get all the exploration done and start trying things and find the thing that has traction. Because if you just start something and you think that the whole world wants it, you don't know, like you really don't know if the world wants it or not until they give you the feedback saying as such. And you want to find that thing. What's going to give you the traction? What is legitimately going to make it in this world and develop that and then start building it as much as you can and then start thinking about leaving your job when it becomes, you know, essentially conflicting schedules. And the reason I say all that is because even if you have all that lined up in place, the minute you leave your corporate job and you're not getting a paycheck on Friday, things are going to be stressful. And they're going to be stressful in a way that you have likely never experienced stress before. And so you want to make that as easy as possible. You want to lessen that stress as much as possible by just getting the big things out of the way as much as you can beforehand. So then when you're looking at that whole transition, it's not, it's still overwhelming, but it's not like, deathly overwhelming. So trying to get as much out of the way before you lose that paycheck, because I guarantee you the minute you lose that paycheck, your whole mindset's going to shift because it's going to start shifting into a panic type of mode, maybe very calmly, maybe it's more of whatever the level of panic is, your body and your brain and your mind are like, oh, okay, now we're getting nervous. Like, you know, like we don't have a paycheck Friday, what's going to happen? And so I think if you can make that transition as easy as it could possibly be, which still won't be that easy, 
get everything done that you can because that way you're not just diving off into the deep end with no floaties on your arm. Wow, that is really great, solid advice you are giving there. That is, yeah, a lot of value. And I think, Ali, you are really the freedom type because that you even don't like the GPS in your car giving you directions and telling you where to <laughs> well, go. So. Yes, Los Angeles is very complicated. <laughs> that is true. So I, I, <laughs> I've been there before. And yes, it is like uh, really big to get from point A to point B. So mm. the driving... Uh, engine behind all that and to be able to live the lifestyle design you created for yourself and to have all this freedom is actually like the magic key passive income so mm -hmm. what are your insights on that where do you get started and how to get better at creating multiple streams of passive income so passive income happens to be one of my favorite topics <laughs> because <laughs> I, it's, you know, passive income, if I were to define, a lot of people define passive income as it's money you don't have to work for. And I get a little leery on that phrasing just because I don't ever want someone to think that they never have to do any work and they just get this free money. But I think it's more accurately that you're going to do work in order to obtain this passive income, but it's not directly, your payout is not directly tied to the work when it happens. So for instance, if I open up a cupcake shop, like I make the best cupcakes in the world and everyone wants my cupcakes. So I open up my own cupcake shop, which I should use another example because cupcake shop is very difficult to say <laughs> as I just found out. Um, so if I go into that shop and I personally have to make all of the cupcakes, that income from the cupcakes is directly dependent on me being present and working. Whereas when the income becomes more passive, let's say I hire a cupcake maker. So the cupcake maker goes into the shop every day, makes the cupcakes, makes the money. I never had to be physically present there. So for me, I could have taken a nap all afternoon and the income was still coming in. So that's the idea is, you know, like in that particular scenario, it's not that I never did any work. I probably did a ton of work to open the cupcake shop, to, de to design it, to hire the person. You know, I did a lot of work with it. But once that work is done and I just have to kind of more manage things, whatever, I can go take a nap and the shop's going to make money because I outsourced the work. So that's considered passive income. So, you know... There's a lot of people who talk about passive income, but I don't feel like I've really found someone that really explains this concept of how to get passive income. So in my mind, the, and there may be more ways to do this. <coughs> Excuse me. I got so excited. I swallowed air and I, I I'm already choking <laughs> myself up. Good sign. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's, she's going off. She's there. Here it comes. Um, in my mind, there's two main ways to get passive income. And like I said, there might be more ways than this, but if you think of this very generically, and I'm going to pause really quick. Let me backtrack. The difference to understand is where and why passive income, if it should come into play with your entrepreneurship journey. So you can be an entrepreneur and not get passive income. You can work directly. You can have your hands on the fire. You can do everything. 
what passive income really opens up is this idea of lifestyle design. So the ability for freedom, the ability to design all the things how you want to, the ability to sleep in if you want to, the ability to go travel if you want to, that's what we're really talking about. And that's why, so passive income really, you know, you don't have to have it by any stretch of the imagination, but if that freedom component is something you're looking for, then passive income really is, in my mind, the biggest ticket to that. So if you want passive income, in my observation so far, there's really two ways to go about getting significant levels of passive income. The first way, uh, which can be, well, I'm not going to say it can be more passive. It kind of depends on how you set it up. Real estate investing is one option. So an example of passive income in real estate investing, well, here's an example of what's not passive income in real estate investing, flipping a house. So if you go in and you are a house flipper and you have to go find a distressed property and negotiate the deal and then you rehab the house yourself and then uh, you sell it or maybe even hang on to it and you become a landlord on it, you personally are working and every ounce of that income that you make is dependent on you being present doing that work. In contrast, a passive income option in real estate investing would be like the properties I have, I buy rental properties that are already rehabbed. There's no work necessary. Tenants are already in place, so I don't have to go find tenants. And a property manager manages the property for me. So my only job at that point is to keep an eyeball on the property manager and make sure things keep functioning. This is not an everyday task. I would say of all the properties that I have, when things are going smoothly, I might spend five to 30 minutes a year dealing with my properties because somebody else is doing the work. That's the key. So if I was flipping properties versus me just kind of keeping an eye on my property manager, that's the difference in passive and active income. So my rental properties literally generate income while I'm sleeping because I don't have to be there for it. I have to do other stuff, keep an eye on the manager. At some point, I may need to improve the property. You know, I, I have to have my head on my shoulders, but I don't have to directly be there. So real estate investing, depending on how you set it up, because there are some very, very non-passive ways of being an investor, uh, but there are a lot of ways to be a very passive investor. So real estate is one option. The second option, which is kind of a little bit more what we're talking about here, is starting a business, but you can't just start a business for you to be the person who works the business. The whole idea is you have to go in with this goal of eventually outsourcing everything you can. So let's think about like the founder of McDonald's, the most famous first franchise. I don't know if you guys have, I, everyone has McDonald's. What am I talking about? I was about to say, is there McDonald's in Germany? I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, so the guy who started McDonald's, he currently, so he set it up as a franchise system. There are, I can't even imagine the number of McDonald's that exists in this world. And if the founder of McDonald's was still alive today, he would be making from all, making money from all of those. And yet he never has to set foot in one of them. So franchising, for example, is outsourcing. It's creating your business, but then having other people do the work for you. So franchising is one option. The option like in my business is 90, I'd say 
90 to 95% of all of the work that is required of my company is done by someone other than me. I have maybe two to three primary tasks that I cannot outsource. It has to be me who does it, but everything else is hired out. So on several occasions, I have decided to go on a week or two long vacation and it's fine. I leave, I don't do anything with the company and yet my company still makes money. So for me, while I'm not hands off in my company because I'm constantly doing work on it, it is passive income because I make money even if I'm sleeping and that's the distinguisher. So the two ways that I have found to get passive income are passive real estate investments or starting your own business with the plans to outsource. It's all about who is the person doing the work and it may not be passive right away. Like the first couple of years of my company, I was doing most everything myself. But as I, I kind of organically transitioned into hiring people for different pieces, and now it is very passive. If I stop working and I do nothing for two weeks, I will still make money. And that's the trick. And, you know, because I'm a 100% advocate that not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or should be, and I, because it's not an easy road. So for those people, you do have the real estate investing option, which is what my company actually ends up working with. So you can... <laughs> it, not a shocker that my company ended up being a company who is not only outsourced, so that's passive, but promotes passive real estate investments. You can kind of see the theme of how big on freedom I really am because I, <laughs> I tack in from every <laughs> angle possible. Like as much money as I can make with as little work to do it. That is my jam. <laughs> yeah, that is the best principle. Amazing. And you have a great website where people can find out more about that. And you will also reveal a little Facebook secret, but I keep that or save that for the oh. end. <laughs> so <laughs> let's... <laughs> yeah, suspense. So still like a magic show. So Ali, tell us a little bit about hipster investment and where exactly can the listeners find it? I will, of course, put it in the show notes. Yeah, totally. So it's super easy. The website is just hipsterinvestments.com. And what we do, we are essentially, I used to call myself a glorified matchmaker. So what happened, the very short story of this is when I still had my corporate job, I had no idea I was going to start a real estate investing business. But while I was trying to still figure my way out of corporate, I thought, well, you know, I should at least be doing something smart with the money that I'm making while I figure this out. And I started investing in real estate myself. And I started finding opportunities that really fit into this idea of passive income. Because one thing that had held me out of real estate before is I didn't want to do all the work. I didn't want to swing hammers. I didn't want to negotiate deals. I hate managing contractors. And that's what my impression of real estate investing included. And so I started finding passive opportunities and I started buying them for myself and people who knew me saw how excited I was about it, And they're like, wait, what? You don't have to swing a hammer. What are you buying? And so I started connecting them with the deals that I was buying myself. And the business exploded out of that because every, it turns out everyone else was interested in possibly real estate investing too, but they also didn't want to swing hammers. So I was able to then share with them my experiences of buying, who I had had good experiences buying through and, you know, kind of lead everyone around. So it literally became a business of matchmaking, of telling people who I liked in the industry and who I trusted, because 
in any industry, but especially real estate investing, there's a lot of shady people out there. Like you don't know who to trust. There's no way to really verify a whole lot. So I really wanted to present myself as this person. Like, listen, I'm not going to tell you who to buy from. I'm not going to tell you what to buy, but I bought such and such and I had a really good experience. Take it or leave it. Like that's the, because I wanted to be a voice in real estate investing that was more trustworthy. Like, Hey, I'm just going to tell you what I've done and liked take it or leave it because a lot of people are trying to sell you things and I don't do that. And so the whole business came out of that is even today, um, we're still essentially a matchmaker. That's where our income streams are. We're starting to expand into other ventures and do some more educational material. We're trying to really expand outside of just the real estate transactions alone. But the other thing that's been really cool that's come out of it is I used to always call myself a glorified matchmaker, but over the years, because I attract a lot of newer investors, they haven't invested before, they're a little fearful, um, and I really try and be that support system. And my clients pay me nothing. I get paid on the other end, so it's kind of a cool service to be able to offer, like, hey, here's free moral support, and a, a hand, you know, I'll hold your hand through the process. And I've always told people that I will also stick around once you buy a property, I'll stick around if you ever have any challenges, if you ever have any problems or questions, I'm still here. And what that's really brought on is I've become people's emotional support dog. <laughs> and so every time they get scared or fearful or there's a problem, I that becomes my role is I'm there as their emotional support dog and I try and help them through and get things back on track and all that. So it's really a unique, I, I'm really if I were to acknowledge myself for this company, I, it's a really unique, different kind of company in an otherwise fairly stuffy, scary industry. And so that's really what we do. And, um, you know, anyone who goes to the website, you can always subscribe to our mailing list. Uh, if you are actually interested in properties, e uh, send a message through the contact form or email me because we have a much bigger inventory than what is on uh, the website. Um, our our company is kind of more of the fluffer for it, but we can give you the full inventory. So yeah, and, and even more than just real estate, even if you, that's not your jam or you're not really interested in that, we still love hearing from people. We're so people oriented. We want to say hi. We want to meet you. We want to know who cares about this stuff. We want to know what kind of lifestyle design you're thinking about, all that. So we're, we're very friendly faces. Definitely reach out anytime. That sounds like a fantastic invitation, dear. And now I would recommend everyone to check out your website. It's really worth it. And as promised, we will reveal this <laughs> Facebook secret now in the end. Ali, what are you doing with Facebook at the moment? The Facebook secret is I just for the first time ever created a Facebook page. I have never had Facebook. My company has been on Facebook for years. I have never had my own Facebook page ever or page or profile or I'm, I'm learning all these terms. It turns out there's a difference between a profile and a page. I had no idea. Um, I literally just created my first Facebook profile literally a week ago. And I am so down to connect with everyone on it. Um, there's not a lot on it right now. Obviously, I've just been trying to figure the whole thing out, which it's super overwhelming coming in 14 years after the company was started. <laughs> so the learning curve has been fairly atrocious. Um, but come connect with me there. After, by the end of today, I'll also have a page. I just learned I didn't have a page. I only have a profile, I guess. But come connect with me there because 
my whole goal with having Facebook is really to talk more about this stuff that we're talking about, the freedom, the lifestyle design, passive income, because that, you know, my company, we do the real estate stuff, whatever, but I really want a separate message and I want to help people do this thing that, you know, I kind of gave you a little taste of like, how do you get passive income? Well, if you're starting a business, how do you, you know, sort through that? all that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff I want to talk about because that's the stuff I totally geek out on. So the intention for Facebook is absolutely to have those conversations, to have information on that, to show you what I'm doing with my life, just so you can see what you can do with your life, that kind of stuff. So I have no idea how to tell you to find me on. Oh, wait, no, I do. I just learned it today. Um, <laughs> um, if my, the URL thing, I, you can tell I have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's like facebook.com slash. Um, it's also the same as my Twitter and Instagram handle. Allie, A-L-I, Boone, B-O-O-N-E, dot, spell it out, D-O-T-C-O-M. So it spells out alliboon.com, but the dot is spelled out. So I think if you type that in, you can find me and connect with me. I, I Maybe. <laughs> still still learning it. But that is the Facebook secret is for the first time in the entire existence of Facebook, I finally have a Facebook page or profile or something. Wow, that is really magic magical and we are kind of part of it. So I will connect with you for sure. <laughs> Actually, now that I say that, I'm like, wait a minute. This is my first <laughs> official announcement. Like oh. I think you guys listening are literally the first people in the world to hear that I finally have a Facebook page other than my friends who found, you know, they found me quick. But as far as like business and all that, no one else has heard about this. No one else knows that I am on it because everyone's been talking about how I don't have a page. So they don't even know that I have one yet, except for you guys. Wow, that is awesome. So you created a magic moment for this show. <laughs> yep. I, yep, exactly. Did it just for you guys. <laughs> very, very nice. So Ali, it's really I learned that people don't buy products or don't buy services. They buy your energy. And with that, you are really in pool position because I love your energy. Oh, thank you. So thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom and insights today on pure mind magic about passive income, lifestyle design, and also real estate investment. The listeners will find all the links in the show notes. The final words of this episode are up to you. Is there any inspiration you would love to leave the listeners for today? Any quote you would like to share? It's yours. Well, okay, so I have a favorite quote, and I have lived by this quote for years. I feel like sharing it kind of, we, we have such like a positive magic energy going on that's super exciting and motivating. I feel like this could br kind of bring it down a little bit, but I still think it's important. My favorite quote on the planet, and one that is literally the reason that I am where I am today, is don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade shoes with. And... What that means is find the people who are doing exactly what it is that you want to be doing and take their advice. Because as any entrepreneur knows, or if you haven't gotten into entrepreneurship yet, you're going to find out there's a lot of naysayers. There's, it, they might even live in the same house as you and tell you that you can't do it or that you shouldn't do something a certain way or whatever. And then the internet alone, there are so many people talking on there that oftentimes it can be really hard to sift through who you should be listening to. And so 
the reason I am where I am today is because I found the people who were living the exact kind of lifestyle that I wanted to live. And I said, Hey, I need to know more about what you're doing. Like, please, please share versus some of the people I love most dearly in the world were trying to give me advice, but they weren't living the kind of life I wanted to. And so their advice was really contrary to what I was trying to accomplish. So in today's world of mass communication and so many people talking to go out as an entrepreneur or an investor, or even just as yourself, it's a very independent thing. And so with that, you have to know who your resources are, find the people who are doing what you want to be doing and take their advice and don't take advice from someone you would not trade shoes with. So true. And really some great last words for this episode. Ali, thanks again. And I'm pretty sure that we will stay in touch and hopefully meet one day in person in LA. Yes, for sure. Let me know if you're going to be out here. That would be awesome. Oh, we could do like a live. We could totally do a live one. How fun would that be from the beach? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> All right. So thanks, Ali, and have a magical day in Venice Beach. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Pure Mind Magic with my interview with Ali Boone. Make sure to grab your free audiobook with the link in the show notes and listen for free on your favorite device. Tomorrow we reach already December 22nd and on the show will be Denise Huge-Levis. She is an author in the field of fantasy and fiction. She wrote a couple of books that has to do with magic and we are talking about the magic of fiction and how to create those books, including children's books. So she's writing for many years and is really an expert when it comes to character development and also coming up with a complete fantasy story in your mind. And I just thought this is the perfect episode for the Christmas time now because Christmas is the time where really magical stories happen. And when you look at all the Christmas movies, it's really a lot of those magic moments and harmony and just having a good time. So I think that fits perfectly well. And it is just a nice episode. So tune in tomorrow and enjoy this next interview. All for today. Talk to you tomorrow. Until then, create some magic. <laughs>